0: welcome to the brood life podcast i am your host brandon hall so grab a cup of coffee plug in your headphones and let's have a conversation Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Brood Life, and this week we are going to be discussing uh, immigration and refugees and the church's response to those people groups. I had the privilege of uh, speaking to Laura Pontius, who is the immigrant outreach attorney uh, here at Neighborhood Christian Legal Clinic in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, it was just such a great conversation. She is obviously, uh, because of her job, and not just because of her job, but because of her passion and uh, her heart, she is knowledgeable and uh, just had a lot to say and offer on the uh, topic of immigration and refugees. Uh, She is going to go over, and you're gonna hear a lot of uh, numbers about uh, the statuses, the uh, growth the, or decline, uh, and just uh, some really good, uh, you know, whether books or podcasts or uh, organizations, just a lot of information you going to give to you. That's going to uh, be a great place for you to start to educate yourself about this uh, issue and uh even hopefully give you an opportunity to find places to get plugged in and involved so i highly encourage you if you are if you can uh, if you're not driving or doing something else uh, that inhibits you i would highly recommend getting uh some paper and a pen and just sitting down and as you listen to this just write down you know some of the statistics Uh, some of the uh, websites and blogs and books that she's going to give out that uh, will be great places for you to start when it comes to educating yourself about the immigration uh, issue and the refugee issue here in the United States and around the world, and also places that you can get plugged in and involved. So uh, I hope you really enjoy this. I know there's a lot of information that, that is going to be beneficial and i i hope that this is going to be a great launching point for anybody listening that uh, may have questions about the immigration and refugee issues that are going on right now uh that will encourage you to continue to educate yourself and to just get plugged into your community and start start being able to put uh faces and real lives to these statistics and numbers because that's really what it's all about these are real people and real lives and people who are made in the image of god and who god created and we have a duty and a calling as believers to uh, just minister to the least of these and uh, there's a lot of people especially in the refugee uh, situation that are the least of these that are in dire situations. And uh, so just uh, just sit back, listen, uh, write some notes if you can. There's a lot of good information. If you're not able to, go ahead and listen and just come back and listen again and write down uh, all these different resources, statistics, uh they were very beneficial and helpful to me and i know they will be for you as well so uh, grab a cup of coffee plug in headphones or uh, plug it into your vehicle and uh, just listen to the conversation and i will talk to you uh, as soon as we are done and uh, yeah just enjoy Okay, welcome everybody to uh, this week's episode and I'm really excited to talk about the uh, refugee and immigration uh, topic this week. Um, Before we get started, I just want to uh, give my guest, uh, Laura, just a few minutes to introduce herself and who she is and what she does.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Laura Panias and I am first and foremost a wife and mother, Um, I have two daughters and I am an immigration attorney. I've been practicing for about nine years now um, and have handled cases kind of across the spectrum, so anywhere from asylum cases to family-based green card cases to employment cases, so helping employers to um, bring their employees from overseas to the United States. Um, In my role with the Neighborhood Christian Legal Clinic, I do a lot of outreach work And so I do a lot of education sessions. Uh, We try to help immigrants know what their rights are Mm. in the current environment. Um, There have also been a lot of law and policy changes. So we do a lot of sessions about um, what those changes are and how people can be informed. And then we also do um, Immigration 101 or um, sessions kind of like that in churches and different nonprofits throughout the region and the state. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, first of all, uh, just before we get started, what uh, motivated you to become involved in this law
1: mm-hmm.
0: type of law practice?
1: Yeah, so before I went to law school, I was an ESL teacher okay. and I ran a family literacy class where the families would come in the evening and the kiddos would go with one teacher and the adults would stay with me. And after our class session ended, the adults would always bring me these papers afterwards and they were immigration documents Mm -hmm. and they would say, what is this? What does this piece of paper mean? And I'd look at it and it appeared to be in a different language to me (laughs) because (laughs) it was so complicated. Um, And so I I think I really became motivated at that point to um, advocate for the immigrant community through law. And so I found a law school, went to law school and studied um, primarily immigration and human rights law.
0: Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, just uh, for people that are listening and may not know much or may be unfamiliar, Mm -hmm. uh, can you just kind of give a brief overview of what the refugee and immigration crisis kind of looks like currently in the United States?
1: Sure, and I just kind of want to start off and and talk about the difference between an immigrant and a refugee. Sure, (laughs) yeah, no, that's great. Um, There is a difference. So, uh, refugees are individuals who are fleeing um, their countries, Mm -hmm. uh, their region, because of war, famine, uh, genocide, sometimes natural disasters, persecution, uh, a lot of different reasons, but they are fleeing and coming to another country for refuge. Um, An immigrant is someone who is traveling just kind of by choice, and they're choosing to go to a different place, maybe just because of economics or because of family relationships. And um, so that's kind of a difference there is, sure. is the refugee versus immigrant. And that matters because we count those two groups differently okay. in immigration law. So if you look um, globally, refugees in the year 2019, it's so the last year we have data for, there are 70.8 million mm-hmm. people worldwide who are seeking refuge from you know one of those situations they sure. spoke about. Um, this is an all-time high it's never been this number has never been higher in the United States um, every year the president sets the number of people we allow in in that category the refugees people seeking refuge Um, so for fiscal year 2020 which started in October of 2019 actually the number was set at a record low Mm -hmm. (laughs) 18,000 so um, Globally we're facing you know, the, the biggest crisis we've ever seen um, and from a number of areas, it's not just the Middle East or not just sure. Africa, there's you know, stuff happening in Central America, um, South America for sure, as well as the other areas that people are most aware of. Um, for immigrants, so people who are you know, migrating by choice or migrating um, you know, because of family or jobs, um, globally, immigrants are moving all all the time. Sure. They're always crossing borders. Uh, the number I pulled up is an estimated 272 million migrants. So about 3.5% of the world's population, okay. wow. they're moving. Yeah. <laughs> they're on the move. Yeah. Um, you know, most people leave their home countries for work. A lot of, uh, you know, this number of people who are leaving because of finances or mm-hmm. climate change is another big push factor. Those, those areas are kind of increasing right now. Um, currently, most migrants worldwide are coming from India. Okay. And everyone's favorite destination is the United States. Sure. <laughs> We're the yeah. number one choice of for most people. Um, If we look more at the United States and what is happening with immigration here, um, in the last three to five months actually border crossings have been going down. So there was a really big spike in um, 17, 18, but then kind of halfway through 2019 the border crossings started to go down a little bit. Um, Our asylum applications are continuing to increase. People are um, continuing to request asylum, which is completely lawful, by the way, to do that. Um, And we've had a lot of changing uh, policies in immigration law in the United States. So people who have been seeking family-based benefits, like a green card through marriage or through a family relationship, and also um, employment-based, you know, employers who are trying to get their employees here, they're they're really struggling in, sure. in the last year, year, one to three years, because the policies are shifting a lot. So it's making it more difficult. Um, we also, as of this last week, have a new rule called the public charge rule. I don't know if you have heard about it on no. <laughs> the radio or anything, but it's essentially a wealth test that we're gonna start imposing on people. Mm-hmm. So before people can, even travel to the United States, get a visa, they have to fill out this 18-page questionnaire showing that they can support themselves financially. So mm. there are a lot of really big changes that have yeah. been happening in the United States with immigration. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I did not know about that. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, <laughs> how does what's going on now contrast to what the landscape looked like you know, four years ago, before a lot of these new policies went into place?
1: Yeah. Um, so again, if we look at just refugees in 2016 um, there were sixty five million contrasted with about seventy now, so you know in the last four years that's that's quite a bump yeah um, I think it's interesting to note the number of refugees we were admitting in 2016, so this would have been a number chosen by Obama mm-hmm. um so in 2016, we allowed in about 85,000 okay. refugees. And, and now we're at 18,000. So okay. that's quite a shift yeah. as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think if we look at immigration within the United States four years ago, there are many, many changes. Things yeah. are, were very different yeah. four years ago. Um, a lot of people assume that Obama was kind of a softie <laughs> on immigration. Sure. But he actually had pretty high deportation levels. So I think that that's good to point out. Yeah. That um, you know, some of the myths that people think about Obama's administration weren't always true. Um, one big shift was, um, even though there are a lot of deportations, the deportations were very um, narrowly focused on the worst of the worst. Okay. So um, there was a policy called prosecutorial discretion, which meant um, you know when someone is, uh, en- when someone encounters ICE or some sort of law enforcement, if they're a really bad offender, that's a high priority for for the prosecutor. They're going to try to you know arrest that person and deport that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so the you know the policy under Obama was that we're targeting the worst of the worst. Under President Trump, the policy is more if you are arrested if you are detained and you are without status if you're undocumented you will be deported Mm -hmm. regardless of if you have a criminal history or not okay so that's a pretty big shift yeah um the other thing is this new public charge rule so i think the estimates say about three to five hundred thousand people per year will be excluded because of it so Things are just a lot more difficult now to navigate for pretty much every group of immigrants. Lawful immigrants are facing challenges. Unlawful immigrants are facing challenges. Refugees, people who are seeking asylum are facing a lot of challenges.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, And there is, you know, as we talk about these things, and especially over the last four years with a lot of the policy changes and a lot of, uh, I think a lot of the reason that Uh, people kind of got behind and voted our current president into office Mm -hmm. is that there was a lot of Mm -hmm. fear and misconceptions that were in play about refugees Mm -hmm. and even immigration. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and and they're still going on right now, Mm -hmm. still a lot of fear, (laughs) still a lot of misconceptions. Um, What, thinking of that, like what is something that you would uh, speak to those people or to Mm -hmm. those fears and misconceptions (laughs) that they may have?
1: I think the first thing to point out is people don't realize their misconceptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the fear is very real and it's it's visceral, right? It's mm-hmm. this raw thing that people respond to. So um, when the media or when our elected officials say something, most of the time people just believe it. Um, but I, I really would encourage people to use their gifts um, of uh, you know, a brain that works really well yeah. and the resources that they can use just by Googling. Um, I mean, I think, you know, immigration's really a very complex set of laws and policies and it's. It's not entertaining, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when the media reports on it, they try to make it more entertaining, yeah, but there is a hundred percent of the time more to the story, yeah, so um maybe toward the end, we'll go through some of those resources people can use to yeah. look up their questions, but I would just encourage people to form their own opinions, to not take everything at, at face value <laughs> that they're yeah. hearing yeah. Um, or seeing. I mean, I think that there there has been false reporting on both sides. I won't, you know, just sure. point to one side. So I think, I think it's important that people gather information, um, definitely not from social media. I yeah. think social media is one of the worst ways yes. you can get <laughs> information on current topics. So if you're seeing things on Facebook or Instagram that, look odd to you or seem inflammatory look it up yeah and, and do the research because you know we can do that as humans with with working brains <laughs> yeah
0: no that's good and I think that uh, the social media aspect is huge because yeah. it does really just incite a lot of mm-hmm. fear and a lot of uh, misconceptions whether they know their misconceptions or not but yeah. uh, you know it just takes one person to share something that doesn't have all the truth, Absolutely. and it just spreads like wildfire, Absolutely. and just causes that fear to mm-hmm. kind of spread.
1: And I have found myself really guilty of of um, being persuaded by yes. that too. Not in my own profession, because I know, you know, I know the ins and outs of what's happening, but. With other, other topics yeah. um, that come up on social media, I'll read something and I think, wow, that's really a strong statement. And yes. I wonder if that's true. And maybe it is true. And then, you know, I get interrupted and I don't go and research it. Yeah. And then I'm left with that thought uh, mulling around in my brain, which is, I think that's dangerous.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and that kind of leads into the next thing like, what are some uh, practical ways that either like, you know as an individual I myself or the church as a whole mm-hmm. uh, can get involved in kind of make an impact with the mm-hmm. either refugees or the immigration uh, mm-hmm. process or just the people who are the faces of the refugee and immigration
1: mm-hmm. yeah there are so many <laughs> um, and I'm going to allude to a resource that's really great by um, a friend of mine. Her name is Sarah Quezada. Okay. And she's an author who wrote a really great book called Love Undocumented. Um, but she um, put together this really great guide called What Do We Do? And she's a Christian um, who married an undocumented immigrant. Mm. And so she had to navigate a lot of these questions and she had to navigate the immigration legal system, um, and so she kind of has, has lived this on a, on a deep level. Um, but so she put together this great list, and I'm just gonna read from, from the, her list because it was so helpful. Yeah. Um, the first is to visit detainees. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things I didn't mention earlier is that detention of immigrants right now is at a record all-time high. Yeah. So we have a lot of people who are not criminals, <laughs> they're yeah. civil offenses They're not a criminal offense, but they are locked in prisons. Mm. Um, And there are mothers and children and families uh, going through this. So visiting detainees, writing letters to detainees, um, sending care packages, kind of reaching out to those who are imprisoned um, in this situation is a really powerful thing. Our closest uh, immigration detention center is in Clay County. Near Terre Haute, oh okay. Um, so they, you know, could always use encouraging notes and and visitors, those kinds of things. Um, a really simple thing to do is to shop immigrant businesses mm. and restaurants here yeah. in our community. Um, raising awareness, so writing an op-ed for your newspaper or for a church newsletter, um, sharing books with people. So there are a lot of really great books that kind of. Uncover the complexity of immigration and look at the the things that are happening on the ground um, That can be a really good way um, There is an opportunity to foster unaccompanied minors right oh, now okay. um, Those levels are also increasing quite a bit sure. <laughs> So that's a good that's a really powerful way and then also volunteering with immigrant advocacy groups So I know our clinic always needs volunteers um, there's another organization, Amani Family Services, okay. here in Fort Wayne that works a lot with immigrants. Catholic charities, um, teaching English is a really powerful way. Um, creating a scholarship could be powerful right now. Um, individuals who have DACA status, so Deferred Action, yeah. the Dreamer group, they, um, you know, accessing college is really difficult for them yeah. financially. So yeah. if you have financial resources. Create a scholarship for someone in that situation. Um, And then obviously, uh, you know, interacting with your lawmakers about the system (laughs) and its brokenness.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, and that's, yeah. And I think Mm that, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this for myself, I think Mm -hmm. that it's easy to see like this issue on a broader Mm -hmm. aspect, Mm -hmm. and we don't realize or you know even take the time to realize that we have organizations in our own communities Mm -hmm. that are actually you know impacting Mm -hmm. that population on a personal level Mm -hmm. that we could easily get involved with and Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people don't even know that it exists. Right well
1: I think because what you see on social media and the news Mm -hmm. is so much about the border yes right now or in the last year or so um, but there are a lot of people living here in our region yeah. with a similar amount of fear and and despair right now. So. Yeah,
0: and I think that, you know, we don't even realize that, like, even in our own neighborhoods, yeah. that, you know, <laughs> like, we just, uh, uh, I'm not even exactly sure where they're from, but we just had a family within the last year move next door to us mm. that is, uh, I believe they're Burmese. And, uh, mm. you know, and just taking the time to get to know your neighbors yeah. and uh, get to know their families mm-hmm. and uh, just saying hello, because yeah. I'm sure that they feel isolated. Yeah. They don't feel like they have a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. They're in a foreign place mm-hmm. and everything is foreign to them, right. <laughs> our customs, the things that we do. Yeah. And uh, just taking that time to build a relationship mm-hmm. can make a huge difference, even if it's not impacting a broad thing, You're, mm-hmm. but you're still, uh, impacting that one person and making yeah. them feel part of their community and their right. neighborhood.
1: Well, and just the opportunity to hear that family story yeah. is yeah. is going to be a like life changing moment for you and your family. Maybe you know yeah. just to be exposed to someone who has faced um, you know persecution or famine or something that you know we don't necessarily face here in yeah. Northern Indiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, then. How, um, and this kind of goes into like, you know, kind of mentioned the, you know, our uh, senators, the law. Mm -hmm. Uh, How can we use our voice and the privilege that we have as citizens and especially as, you know, white Americans uh, to bring awareness and support to the situation?
1: Yeah. I think the first thing to do is to to become educated Mm -hmm. about it. And I think this podcast is a really good first step. Um, There are a lot of books, as I mentioned, that can kind of help to dispel the myths and um, put a lot of context to the issue. And then I think once you have the information, um, being an annoying constituent (laughs) is a really good way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Really, the the biggest issue here is that we need reform. We needed immigration reform starting in the 60s, the 1960s, and it's... Um, you know, our, our current system is based on a piece of legislation that was created in sixty four, nineteen sixty four, 1964, okay. and that was before the internet existed. Yeah. <laughs> We're just a very different society now. Yeah. So, um, you know, if we can really encourage Congress to uh, get along and, yeah. and get, in, you know, it, there is no perfect piece of immigration reform. Everyone's going to have to give... On something you know we have to that's the whole idea yeah. <laughs> of getting laws passed but um, so yeah being an annoying constituent I you know I encourage people to do that once a month call once a month or write your senator once a month mm. uh, make your voice heard um, voting is a yes. really important thing um, you know knowing where your candidate stands what kind of policies they're enacting Uh, Looking at every aspect of their policy, looking at the economics, the family impact. um, I think those are really important.
0: Okay. And uh, what do you see as the future of uh, both refugees and immigration programs in the U.S. based on kind of what's happening now?
1: Yeah. um, Well, two things. One is I think uh, immigration to the United States is only going to increase from here. Sure. Um, we've always been the number one destination. I don't see that changing. Um, I, I do think that the refugee number will be spiking in the coming five to 10 years. I think um, with the climate change that we're seeing and, mm. and the impact that's having on global migration, I think that um, people moving because they have to, I think that yeah. we're just going to see that increase. Secondly, in the United States, I think it really depends on what happens in the fall yeah, <laughs> this year yeah, with the election. Yeah. Um, the policies that come from the executive branch really matter. Yeah. Um, some of them have been held up in federal litigation, so mm-hmm. they were created but never really implemented. But just the fact that they were created, um, that has a trickle-down effect sure. uh, on the immigrant communities. I mean, months, almost a year before the public charge rule, began, um, we saw a huge amount of uh, immigrant families stop using public benefits that were legally issued to them. Mm -hmm. You know, they were legally entitled to use them because they feared what was going to happen. And they didn't need to stop and they still don't, you know, in a lot of ways, in a lot of situations still don't need to stop using them. So I think that um, the tone that our leaders use and, and Certainly, the policies that are enacted will really impact what happens yeah. <laughs> here. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Um, and then, is there any other like advice or encouragement that you would want to give somebody that's listening that uh, maybe has questions or concerns mm-hmm. about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I just would go back to, um, you know, if you can find an opportunity to hear someone's story yeah. who has, has immigrated to the United States. I mean, we are all immigrants here, yeah. unless we are Native Americans. but. Um, I think hearing a recent story of someone who has has navigated the process in mm. the last one to three years uh, would really impact a person's life. It would really give give you context for going forward, and yeah. you know which kind of resources you want to utilize and and learn about.
0: Yeah, and then uh, finally, and we alluded to this a little bit earlier, but what mm-hmm. are some uh, either good contacts or resources for those listening that they can get their hands on and get involved, or just, like we said earlier, just to mm-hmm. be better educated about yeah. it.
1: Yeah. So I'm um, going to, again, push Sarah <laughs> <laughs> Um She does an email every Friday, I believe, and it's nice because it's short mm-hmm. and to the point, um, but it summarizes kind of the latest immigration news, and okay. it does it through her Christian, uh, female lens. Okay. So for those individuals who are Christian and female listening, that is I think a really good resource. Um, another organization is called the Border Perspective. Um, and they they send out I don't think it's weekly, but they send out a, a newsletter um, maybe it's once a month about same thing. What is happening on the border? What's happening inside the United States and how can we as Christians or people of faith Uh, engage with the issue. There's a really good book called Welcoming the Stranger, written by um, some people at World Relief. Uh, Another is The God Who Sees, and it's um, a shorter, easier read. And then Christians at the Border that kind of looks at the scripture Mm. around um, immigration and, and migrants and refugees. Uh, locally here in the Northern Indiana region, there are a lot of nonprofits who are in desperate need of volunteers and yeah. funds and um, and prayer volunteers as well. So of course, the clinic, Neighborhood Christian Legal Clinic, would be a great place to connect. Um, National Immigrant Justice Center is up in Goshen. Okay, Catholic Charities is here in Fort Wayne. Amani um, Family Services—they are doing excellent work supporting. Um, their immigrant clients and yeah like you said just reaching out to your neighbors asking your um, friends or immigrant neighbors how are you doing (laughs) how are you feeling lately what's something I could do that would bring hope to your situation yeah
0: Yeah. awesome Mm -hmm. Uh, well thanks for doing this I think this is really good information I think (laughs) it's going to be a great uh, for those who are ready and willing I think it's a Mm -hmm. great first step and kind of a launching point to be better educated and Mm -hmm. be more involved and something that I think that we tend to kind of push to the back burner and mm-hmm. kind of forget about, but it really is all around us and it does impact us mm-hmm. on a daily basis.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. awesome. Well, thank you. I thank you so it. much for having me. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening this week. I hope that you guys got as much out of that conversation as I did. I know there's a lot of information given, a lot of numbers and statistics, but it was all so good. So if you weren't able to like soak all that in or you missed something, I really encourage you to go back and listen to it again and get everything you need out of there so that you can go forward and continue to educate yourself, get plugged in, get involved, and start being a voice for uh the voiceless and the people who need us to speak up for them uh if you enjoyed this message if you enjoyed this conversation and you uh think that there's somebody else that wouldn't in- get something out of it and could use this please feel free to share it uh through you know text it to somebody share it on your social media pages uh go out to whatever platform you're listening to whether that's uh apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify uh whatever platform you listen to go out there uh rate and review this and uh just share it and this that's just a great way to put it out there to more people and more people are able to see it and connect with it and we can just grow this community and have these conversations together that are so important so uh thanks again for listening this week uh, and i will talk to you next week on the next episode of the brood life